1: We want to help you become the best screenwriter you can be and to reassure you that you are not alone. Hey guys,
0: welcome to today's show. So glad you could be here with us today.
1: Yes, today we're going to be talking about not giving up and the importance of
0: hope, which we think is a really important thing to talk about right now. Uh, But before we talk about hope, uh, we're going to talk about our week and what we like to call adventures in screenwriting. Uh, Lorian, how was your week? Uh, my week was
1: good. I think we haven't done the show for a couple of weeks. So I'm going to talk about like the last two weeks. Um, I, I had really good couple of weeks. Um, I had, you know, as usual, I had some generals. Um, it's always interesting to me, the meeting that I think like went the best is the one that I don't hear back from. (laughs) Like I, my, my, uh, ability to gauge, uh, amazing and mediocre somehow got off somewhere. I think part of it might be zoom, you know, the zoom of it. Yeah. Um, but, um, I had a couple of really great ones, um, uh, made great connections with producers. Um, and I'm working on some projects. I got really inspired by one of them and I sat down in like a day or two and wrote a whole pitch for a TV show. I got some feedback, some, from some of my insanely smart writer friends and I'm, uh, waiting for a last round of notes for my manager. And then I'm going to send it to the producer. Be like this, this is the show we should make. So I'm really excited about that. And then also, um, big thing that I'm doing, have been doing, working on, is uh, I'm finally ready to take the animated show I've been working on out to the market to pitch Woo-hoo! it. Yay. How long, so, how long has it been, can you say? Uh, six months, it's been about six months. Um, and it's been uh, a really interesting experience for me because it's a show that was created by someone else. She wrote this amazing script and a Bible, and then they brought me in to partner with her to show run. And so that's been a really interesting new experience because, you know, it has to hit me creatively in my heart and in my soul and she and I have to really connect. And, um, I think it's been a really great experience, but, you know, challenging for me on a professional level in a lot of ways, but I feel really good about the show and what it has to say and what it can do. And it's super different than anything that's on TV right now. So I think, I think we have a chance to sell it and, uh, you know, I'm like multiple offers, come on, come in. I'm embracing all the multiple offers, but um, I'm really excited to get the schedule and pitch it. And um, yeah. So I've been, Oh, I can't wait to hear what happens. I know. Hopefully it's good news in like three weeks. I'll be like, we sold the show. And then I'll be like, Oh my God, we sold the show. <laughs> um, which is always like the next place. Um, but um, luckily I've been feeling um, really inspired and I was a little busy. So um it was easy to stay focused, right? And not get bogged down on what's going on in the world. But um,
0: Meg, how was your week? Weeks? I do think, I've been thinking about why I keep myself so busy. And I do think that's what it is. It helps me focus. It also helps keep the anxiety at bay because you're just too freaking busy to be anxious. You just don't have time to even hear the chatter. Um, I've kind of gone overboard with the busyness right now. Like it's at DEF CON, you know, impossible, um, but it's all good. I feel very lucky and blessed to have so much to do, but. Um, today, uh, this, in the last, since the last time we were all together, uh, I, myself and Jonathan, uh, gave our producer our TV pilot, and I think the reason I was so nervous is because I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> is that you know, like the... Well, you feel Roustal more vulnerable. Marks. I felt more vulnerable because I liked it and I was so afraid. Suddenly I'm so attached to it and please don't say anything, you know, my baby's ugly. Um, and I knew it was still rough and we were bringing him in early. And um, and I also, uh, it's not in my wheelhouse in terms of, I, I can world build for sure. It's just not my, it's not my favorite go-to thing um you know action sequences that I can do these things I've done these things but I'm always a little bit more feeling more vulnerable about that and plus I respect this producer and his perspective which also all of these things are great and make you nervous when you can something in um and we got the notes back because of stuff going on in his life he didn't have a time to tell us the stuff he liked Mm. he just sent us all the notes what we could do yeah Uh, which is hard you know that's hard um, uh, because it you, you don't know, it, okay, he's totally disappointed in this draft, um, which later when I asked him directly, so you're disappointed, he was like, no, my God, no. And then he started listing the stuff he likes. So sometimes you have to ask, like just ask, did you like anything? Because it's just as important to know what people like because that means that's what's working, That go towards that, that, that that's working, don't change that. So I right. gave myself 24 hours. It helps to have a partner that you can talk to about it. I tried to get the big picture. Um, and, you know, and then at one point I was like, okay, I have to face this and really not be afraid to look at what he's saying and what doesn't work. And what do I agree with and what I don't, which is a big thing for me because coming from producing and development, I, my brain has been trained to take the note and you don't always right. take the note as the showrunner. Like, is that the show? Does that make it a different show? For example, there was a character issue and I was like, I don't know that that's the character I wanna write. I'm not even saying it's not a good note but it actually changes his character, which changes the relationship, which kind of actually changes the show. And more importantly, in talking to my writing partner, I was like, I don't wanna tune in every week and watch that guy. Right. You know, what I, mean? like, I think I could write him, but is that what I want to tune into? Is that what I want my audience to tune into? Um, and so it's kind of like, okay, what's the note under the note? Why are we getting that note about him? What am I missing in this character? Which by the way, it's the same character but I got the note on before. Do you remember when I had? Yeah, uh, no. Still digging it out. Um, but I found myself able then to move from the inner critic, which is kind of, you know, not the most positive uh, person in your head, to right. curiosity, right? And, and, and made that shift over and really tried to be conscious about it, which is, okay, what can I be curious about? Um, right. And really look at this. Um, and the other thing I realized I was doing that I thought might be helpful to some of our listeners is i really having worked at pixart really because you have to watch it over and over it really trained my brain at some point in the process especially once you've got a script and you're getting notes is really try to look at it as something that they will shoot like it's not a piece of literary literary document it's something they're going to shoot how could they shoot this would it be exciting what will it, you know, like, and I don't mean just like the craft of writing visually on the page. I mean, like, literally, is this a cool scene? <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you yeah. seen this? Have we seen this scene before? Um, is this, are these, are, is this character, is this dialogue something that an actor, when you hand them the script, is going to be like, great, I can't wait. Is the audience, when they turn on it on, on their on their TV, what are they going to see? What is the director going to think? I try to think about those things and it helps me kind of get out of my own way a little bit. Um, And the other way I got inspired is I read some scripts um, in this genre uh, just to see how kind of the masters have done it. And again, try to get back into the fun of it. I started watching a couple of movies just to reattach to the fun Right? Yeah. Of the project. Because sometimes when you get notes and you've done it so many times and you've done an outline and you've done a treatment, you're like, what am I doing? What am I, what is this? Oh yeah, it's a TV show. <laughs> right, and then you get to that point where you're like, what is story?
1: What is writing? Why is writing? What's happening? Right, you well, just me, have to I
0: go, yeah. connect back to, oh, right, this is a TV show and I love TV shows and what do I love about TV shows? Um, and then I also realized as busy as I am, I was feeling the pressure Internally, of it's kind of a sadness that I hadn't worked on my passion project in a while, and so I just emailed the producer of that, and I was like, "Listen, I'm going to make a commitment that every Saturday morning, for two hours, I'm going to work on this. Mm -hmm. Right? So from eight, my kids are still sleeping. Right? Eight to ten on Saturday morning, instead of working out. Quite honestly, (laughs) so there's a bonus, right? I don't work out, Meg. Let's talk about your running. Hey, however you can, (laughs) however you can get it done, you know, and then of course it doesn't mean like I write, I sit down and write my passion project and it's just like amazing. No, immediately I can't find a character. I'm like, oh my God, I've seen this character that I just wrote like a million times. And he's just literally like a third supporting character, but I got stuck because I'm like, well, he sucks. I've seen this store owner a million times. I can't go on. Now I'm done and I only have two hours, right? And I just it helped to talk about it and talk it out with my husband and i just decided okay this is going to be bad this this character is bad and i'm just going to keep going on because i only have 2 hours and i need to get through here and have confidence that i will figure it out yeah and it's the same thing as you know getting the other notes like i have to find some and even if i'm faking it quite honestly i'm faking the confidence that i will figure it out that if i stay in the pool long enough right in the inspiration pool in the banging my head against the wall and it does happen it's crazy right like it will start to show like okay what if i did the opposite of what i just wrote what happens like that's always a good one right like i made this guy very chatty but what if he's absolutely silent and he's hard to read what i just um you know it's all too long i just had all the the, in those two hours it took me a long time to get past all the chatter like oh my god this is too long but um i did it i did it so awesome i was
1: was happy something you said on, um, I don't know if it was our last show or show before where you, um, you were struggling with something and you just kept writing and you knew it was bad and you just kept writing and you just sat there. And that really um, inspired me because I tend to get very emotional when, uh, you know, when I can't find it or I'm not inspired or all those magic writer things. And then I bail. I need a break. I'll go exercise. I'll eat a cheese sandwich, you know, all the things I tell myself. But instead I was sort of I you know I met with this producer she had an idea I was like sort of you know interested in it and I just sat down and I made myself write like what if it's this character and and I just put something on the page and then gave to a friend to read and then we talked about it and then I got even more excited and then I did more writing and then I just kept doing that and then like in 3 days I had a pitch or 2 days I had a pitch you know like an outline that I got to keep refining so I had something that clay But what you said, and that, that idea of just stay there, even though, you know, it's terrible, right? Like just stay in it. It was, it was really powerful. And I know Meg, you have been saying that to me since probably the day we met, like (laughs) way back in the, you know, last decade. Right. But like, um, for whatever reason, I was ready to hear it in a really like body brain chemistry way so that I, and then I, and then I. I made something, you, you made know, something. and it it wasn't the thing I was supposed to be working on, you know, but it, but it is a thing now. And it's something I really believe in. And I, and I want to see this TV show. Oh, so,
0: and you know, yeah. that, and, and, and you know, sometimes people think, well, that's when I'm writing a spec. That's when I'm going to have to just stay in, even though it sucks. But I got to tell you, even I've had experiences where you go to pitch to get a job and you meet maybe the director and he gives you feedback about what do this, don't that, you know, Make, it was based on IP. And I was like, okay, let's go do that. And then I come up with a pitch and then I talk to him again and then you do more. And then I'm like, okay, here it is. And now here comes the executive, here comes the producer, the director's producer. Now he has a different idea. Okay, go again, go again. And half the time I'm like, oh my God, is this just bad? Or, and you're, you're doing all these push throughs every time. Every time there's a little push through of like, oh my God, I don't know, just sit here and figure it out because you have to have the next phone call. And then the executives come in and now they have, like, it is this process of, yeah even at pitching stage of, okay, well, what if that character you suggested we take that out? And I'm like, okay, well, then that'll fall down and that'll fall down. Could I do that? Is that the same movie? Do I care about that anymore? I don't know. Maybe this is just now a lump of nothing. Uh, Push, 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 push. Oh, wait, we could do that because now it might even be better because of this. Push, 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 push. So that it is the process, right? Like it's not just for specs. It's for when you're going to pitch. It's for Uh, every aspect it's like creativity right um and people think oh when you're quote unquote an a-list that's not happening it happens every time every time
1: and i do think there is pressure from historical writer for me like when i see like jane austen manuscripts that are handwritten with like little notes and pins in them or something that's been typewritten like I, i imagine that they just came out of their head into the typewriter, right? They're just like, it just comes out. And that pressure of not being able to perform at that level is so intimidating. You know, that, and, you know, when I handwrite stuff, it's like illegible and there's cross outs and throat crumples and finding old crumpled papers. Like it doesn't, it doesn't look like these, you know, gorgeous records you know that we have of what these older writers did so that too can that's this thing in the back of my brain like let's do that short film of
0: like she wrote that for the record and never showed you all the cross out and crap that she did and all the walks she took and thought about it for 17 hours and changed it in her head and like i'm sure that you know it's it's their own version of putting the best foot forward right like right yeah i don't believe it I no, know. I don't mean I know that they that must
1: be what that is but at the same time you know when I was a young college student studying English literature that's what we were presented with right like the you know the best version of them so that sort of I have to get rid of that, you know working at Pixar where the movie is in multiple pieces and the script is all over the place and like sort of corralling it and like forming it you know um,
0: I get that I get that you know but still it's but it's, it's still pressure. in there. It's pressure from there. the past. Yes, you have to tell that voice to knock it off.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. maybe now I can hear that from you this time. Maybe now that one will get in. Like every episode, I'm like, okay, what of Meg is going to say this week that like finally sinks in? <laughs> um,
0: um,
1: anyway, so yeah, that was that was a for our weeks. Yeah, uh,
0: hope I you guys it. had a good week.
2: Uh, uh, Jeff. Meg, when you had mentioned getting notes from an executive, I immediately thought of the, you know, the mentality that writers go through, which is, of course, fuck me, fuck you, what's next? Right. I'm just picturing you in this meeting, getting those notes and immediately just retaliating, but as (laughs) writers, we have to keep it inside, right?
0: Well, thank God. I mean, it was just, it was just, thank God, within the document, you know, I don't, when you're in the room, you're like this. (laughs) <laughs> phone calls are phone calls yeah. are good like huh? speaker phone with your partners are okay cuz you could be like making a face like oh my god but you know and the yeah. irony is i'm i'm a note giver as well i know yeah. that you know a large majority of these notes are dead right
2: right, right. Uh, if, but it doesn't we, matter i i do think that it would be really cool to do an episode about giving notes because we did the episode about getting notes but as writers we're often asked to give notes and personally and i'd love to hear y'all's take on this but Starting with what you liked, I do feel like it's very important, personally. Essential. Yeah. So Potential. I think like, there's part of me that feels like if you're giving feedback and you're not at least highlighting some parts of the script that are really working, you're not necessarily doing your job as the note giver.
0: No, for sure. Because listen, you have to get that person's brain out of survival. Yeah. Right? They have to feel safe with you, right? So, and why are we partnered on this? Because we both like this and you did this well. But I'd love to give, and the other thing we thought was we have a young writer who's willing to possibly get notes on air, Mm -hmm. right? So you could actually, you know, you guys could all read it and then we could, you know, so that's another fun thing
2: we could do in the future. Yeah, a lot of exciting ideas in the pipeline that we're excited to see in the future. So um, speaking of, you know, our audience and all of you guys listening right now, we are just obsessed with you guys. Uh, We got Meg DeLorean fan art in the um, Facebook group this week. Uh, Ryan, I sent you the photo if you want to show everyone. I sent it in the Zoom chat, hopefully it worked out. Um, but it's just a sign like, we have built this community of like, earnest, wonderful, brilliant film nerds, which is like just the best. And you guys write us these beautiful reviews. Um, this comes from Carrie Burness, who uh, uh, at the end of June said, I'm so happy I found this. I found this via the Erman fundraiser Zoom thing. Thank you for everything you've shared and I look forward to listening to more. And We look forward to bringing you more as well, so. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I mentioned the Facebook group. It's so fun to be interacting with you guys. We've like really kind of found our community, our tribe in there. So if you want to join the Facebook group, make sure you do that. We're constantly posting important announcements, show related content in there. That's the Screenwriting Life Facebook group. And of course you can email us all of your questions at at gmail.com and we'll answer those on air for future episodes. So um, We're just- also
0: posting stuff on Facebook like... Um- so, you know tools for you guys to use and here's yeah. a list of questions and have you thought of this and so that's how we can get to you more directly.
2: Yeah, Megan and Lori, as you guys know, are incredibly generous um, and mentorship is a passion for them and the Facebook group is where a lot of that is happening. So I'd really encourage you to join and keep listening to the show. We're excited to bring you more episodes.
1: Yeah, totally. All right. shall we get into our topic this week? To the topic. Yes, which is about the importance of hope <laughs> um, yes. in a career. We've talked about in other episodes, right? Failure and that are notes and that, how that can make you feel like you're going to die, and failure, how that can make you feel like you're going to die. But I think it's important to talk about that the heartbreak of the career and all the things that happen, but also somehow uh, having hope that you're going to make it work, that it's going to happen, like closing the Gap between the reality of what you're working on and your dreams, uh, Yeah, which is sort of how I look at it. Like, how much closer am I to my dream? And sometimes I get knocked back even farther than I am now. And then sometimes I can inch forward just a little bit
0: more. And know. that heartbreak can happen on a micro level, right? Like, oh, I really do have to cut this character and or change them because it does make sense. And we're just killing them in five pages. So what does it matter? And yet, there's a little heartbreak because I really liked him the way he was, right? Um, Right. There's tiny heartbreaks within the work, but then there's really big setbacks, right? That you, all the way at the other end of the spectrum is you thought you had a deal and it closed and then somehow the whole thing went away. Um, Or the person that you wrote the script for actually didn't have the rights and the whole thing goes away. Or you get replaced as a writer or, you know, your expectations of who you were and where you were just take this radical shift, right? And that happens to everybody in every industry, um, but when it involves art and passion and heart, it can be even harder um, to to go through that muck.
1: Yeah, and then there are the heartbreaks of like working so hard on a project and falling in love with the characters and the world and just loving being in it, and then it doesn't move forward. And then it's sort of, and then that keeps happening. Right. And it's like falling in love and getting broken up with and falling in love and getting rejected. And it's, I got to a point, um, I don't know, it was like a month or two ago. I've had many of these points. So this is just the most recent one where I remember emailing Meg and I was like, I just, I don't know that I can keep doing this. Like I just feel like I pull my heart out of my chest and I like lay it bare and someone comes over and drives over it with a truck a bunch of times. I'm supposed to put it back in and keep going. And, I don't remember what you wrote back, but I remember it was it was all the things, right? It was supportive, it was empathetic, but it was also like, you're a writer, this is the job. This is the reality of it, right? You have to figure out how to how to grieve and honor that part, but also
0: like, you gotta keep going. The
1: persistence of it, right? And- The persistence
0: of it, yeah. yeah. I mean, the first I, step to me is to have compassion for yourself and to have kindness for yourself because it, you're suffering a disappointment, you're suffering a setback um, and beating yourself up. If that's what you need to do, then do it, but give it a time limit, right? Like right. I'm going to beat myself up until noon. Then I'm going to go have a sandwich and cheese. I'm going to cheese a cheese sandwich. <laughs> and then I'm moving on because beating yourself up is not going to do much good. Um, right. And versus the compassion and, you know, and, and it's really compassion ver or, Versus perfection, compassion versus achievement, right? Like you've got these ideas in your head of who you are are based on your perfection and your achievement. Yes, but that isn't absolutely. That is not who you are. That's what you do, right? right. right? Well, and perfection, forget it. You're not getting there. But that's that's a way to you know beat yourself up, um, keep yourself safe, which doesn't work, by the way. Um, you know, so it's yeah, and I think that's what I was that's what I was
1: really asking for. How do I keep myself safe? Right. Right. And I can't. And in order to be able to do this, me, I can't keep myself safe. I have to keep taking my heart out of my chest in order to tell my truth, to tell the truth, to connect to an audience, to connect to my stories.
0: Right. So I think that's it. Yeah. All all you can hope is that in that truck running over your heart, um, that you're going to evolve from it. That might be your writing that's evolving because when you have enough distance, Mm-hmm. You can go back and look and see what happened there in the creative that you just didn't see or your, your toolbox wasn't ready yet or, or you guys just thought of a, two different movies, right? Or whatever mm-hmm. happened. Um, it might be personal. It might be strategy. It might be how you handled it. It might be many different things, right? But it's, you know, to me, it's first to have self-compassion and be patient with that. Like the I take lots in nature. I always, as soon as I start to feel that come up, I go take a walk. It might be getting quiet. I mean, I try to catch myself if I fall into victim, Hmm. right? Again, if you need to do it, do it, but have a limit on it because it's not going to get you where you got to go. Okay, where, what was the, what's the opportunity in that heartbreak? Because I do believe everything is for a reason uh, when we're talking about this kind of thing and that there's opportunity in it. I understand you can't see it when it's happening or when you're too close, but when you can get back a little bit and get some distance, there is something to learn in there. And here's the thing, when your heart gets run over by a truck, whatever is down in in, in the insides of you, it's up and walking around, right? Like I had a moment the other day on a different project and I thought, well, I'm having a huge reaction to this. Like... I am getting really emotional and I there is no intellectual reason why when this person said that to me I should be getting so upset. I don't do anything on the Zoom call, right? I just shut up because I'm getting really upset. But later you have to be brave enough to think about okay what was that? What was the feeling? Where was it in my body? And I, all this little thing came up from my childhood. Boop. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, there it is." Like that's great for writing. We're writers. That little boop that came up, you know, so you're a writer, and, and when you hit the setbacks, take notes, right, and put it into your writing because all, when people say to me, we'll say to you as a writer, oh, I don't care. I can't feel it. I'm not attached. I don't like them, all that stuff, right? Well, it's this stuff. It's this stuff. Right. It's this vulnerability that is the stuff they're looking for in your script, so it is a blessing in the setback. There's a blessing in the heartbreak because we're going to watch a character who's going to have a setback and heartbreak. That's what com- that's what a story is, right? right. Um, and that's, that's
1: the story I ended up writing this last week was about someone who had a huge setback. Their heart was broken in like all the ways and then they have to start over. Not into
0: it, but they have to start over, right? Yeah, I mean, in essence, um, you start the yeah. hero's journey. Yeah. You know, that heartbreak, that setback, you are starting the hero's journey and you're gonna make a choice because remember in the hero's journey, you can choose to take it or not. I suggest right. if it's up and walking around, take the journey. We call it lava, call it whatever you want, right? Which is to evolve and look at that and put it into your writing. And yes, the hero's journey takes determination. It does, It take, but what, think about it. Like what do you need in a hero's journey? If you were the writer, you would wanna give that character who you love and who's just had their heart broken, a goal. Yes. So maybe at some point in this process, after compassion, after quiet, after being honest, going into the law okay, now, what's the goal? Is the goal during this time, even though I'm having all this pressure maybe of making money um, and other things which are very real and practical, and you do have to take care of that. I totally get that, right? But you're also probably having an identity crisis potentially, right? So what's the goal? The goal is I'm going to write. I'm going to finish that script. I'm gonna take that thing that never worked and I'm gonna pour all this into it. Like, whatever goal you need to give yourself, that'll help keep up. the resilience that we're talking about, the persistence, motive, beacon, what? Remember, reattach to why the heck you're doing this, right? Whatever image you have, or, you know, for me, it's people receiving it and being moved. You know, I remember the times that somebody walked up to me and grabbed my hand and started talking about something that so moved them. Or you know, listening to people laugh, you know to to connect to people strangers that way is the reason I do it, right? Because that's what I love about it. So to go back to well, I or my goal might be my character, right? Like, okay, this is up and walking around at me. I don't even know who I am anymore, but I know who this character is, and I love this character, so I'm gonna take all this heartbreak and i'm gonna I'm gonna go put it in over there, right mm-hmm. use it as the fodder and that resilience comes to me from the goal from the push and again i'm not talking about achievement right i'm talking right. about the art of the art the, the life of an artist right mm-hmm. and and yeah. and that you're here to say something you're here to put something into the world you are a sacred conduit and maybe the universe has said it's time for you to move off this project maybe the universe is saying hey you've been listening to me so i'm going to give you a pretty loud message right uh, go the other direction, right? Like, sometimes some of my biggest disappointments when I look back, I'm like, Oh my god, thank god that didn't happen! Thank right? god I didn't get that job. And I know you can't see it until 10 years later, <laughs> <laughs> but you just don't know, you just right. don't know. And if, and if, and if, but you kind of do know, don't you, down deep in your guts, when you yeah. get quiet, that's why I'm saying self compassion, that's why I'm saying quiet really have to be brave to go into the lava and are you really disappointed that this setback happened and if you truly are and it truly is deep heartbreak because you don't get to write that you're a writer like that's yeah you're a writer yeah right uh like I was a producer and I had plenty of setbacks as a producer but I don't know like I I was upset about it but it was more from an ego place ah do you know what I mean it it wasn't yeah a deep soul place, it was more from letting yeah. people down and disappointing people, like, all oh, that's real. Yeah. But was it my soul, right? Uh, so it's an opportunity to me, and the resilience is to reconnect into that motive, into that soul, and that that's what you're fighting for. That's why you're gonna do it again. And the last thing, I just wanna say one other quick thing, and I know, Lauren, I'm sorry I'm talking too so much, but um, you also really do have to look at your work. You know, sometimes I meet young writers, and they have written many, many scripts, but they're just kind of writing the same script over and over with the same problem, the same pattern of problem. And that kind of determination, I'm not like, that's not what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like, for some people, it is actually sitting in the chair and doing it because that's what you're avoiding. And that's the determination you need, which is just work through the crap. Just don't know. And that's okay. Just pretend. (laughs) then it's going to get better right that might be your determination after the setback but sometimes it really is why is everybody passing what is happening like there may be a piece of this you're not yet skilled at or looking at or you've got a blind spot right and it's the blind spot you got to go towards to really evolve the art to evolve the writing right That blind spot, me, but you're not being personal enough, or I don't know what it could be, but Mm -hmm. um, there is an opportunity if that space opens up, right? Because the project has died, so guess what? You got time, right? (laughs) To go
1: and that is the most optimistic interpretation (laughs) of a project dying I've heard. Congratulations, you have time to investigate your blind spot. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's so crazy. And You're yeah.
0: such an optimist. You're such an optimist. I'm a cynical optimist. It's really funny. I, you know. I'm a
1: cynical pessimist,
0: but I have a little bit of hope. <laughs> I know. The hope, you know, because hope is an active word. It's an action, right? And, yeah. and that action takes some discipline. Yeah. And I think that talking
1: about that is important. Like waking up today, I didn't. I didn't want to. Like, I just like, oh, another day, it's the pandemic, you know, my kid, it's like, I just not in like a tragically depressed kind of way, but just sort of in, like, ugh, right, like I have to get up and get coffee and walk the dog and go through the motions. And then like, trying to find the piece that I can hold on to some things. It's like, you know, oh, do I have a meeting today? Oh, I have the podcast today. Yay, that's exciting. I, I have action around that, right? I take shower, did my hair, whoop, you know, but like, that will help set me up to move through the rest of the day hopefully like it's nice to have something to grab a hold of even if i have to manufacture it right and i think for me that's really important because i tend to want to protect myself so i tend to be like "Ah, the world's on fire nothing's gonna work out it's all a shithole right but i can't i can't do that and be be successful and not like achievement successful but like sitting down and writing if i think that right? Right? Because then that's what my my characters will all say. And like, nobody, that's, that's not what I want to explore. So I have to really like, find a way to get my brain in a place and my body where I can like sit down and find some joy and have some fun and not be in a crappy mood. And, and it's a struggle, honestly, like right now, especially when I'm like here in this house, with all these people every day, all the time, (laughs) you know, like it, it's, it's a lot. And I think, you know, for me, it's um, writing like three paragraphs and being able to send it to a trusted friend and getting positive feedback back. And like, oh, there's something here, like creating opportunities so that I can keep going. That's how I'm hopeful, right? Is that I have to figure out how to get some work done right and to get feedback that for me is the critical piece i cannot work in a vacuum if i look at my schedule and i don't have any meetings it's like i get so scared i have to make some meetings so that i have connections with other people um and so that's how i am managing this like on the daily to have hope right um just to to manufacture connections so that i can um keep going because it's really i'm starting to get emotional (laughs) It's really hard for me to be alone in this environment and with the personality I have and how I like to be around people. So I feel starved, you know, starved for attention. That's me. Um, But uh, so like, that's the practical way that I am trying to keep to hold on to hope for myself, you know, and that's about the work. But it's also like, what, what do I need, right? Really looking at who I am, really taking a like,
0: good look, I need attention. I need
1: feedback.
0: Yeah, that self-knowledge is gold, right? And these setbacks are just opportunities for more self-knowledge, right? Both from a craft position, but also who you are and what you need. Mm -hmm. And that support group, really, guys, if you can, if it's one person, that's good. You know, have one person, uh, you know, the the buddy, it's fine. More is better, right? Because then you have more people either to give you notes or to call. And this person is really good at voicing you up. And this person's really good at saying, hey, Lorian, I got to tell you sit your ass down like that person that's that's what meg is for me by the way i am sometimes sometimes sometimes. (laughs) I, i can do both uh i know so you know having that support system which again we're hoping the facebook page is doing that for you guys if you're feeling alone and you're out there and you just don't have that like we are trying to be that for you we are trying to say to you keep going and here's the thing really guys Keep going doesn't mean when you finish this script, it's a genius, work of genius, and suddenly you are making a million dollars. That is not how it works. That is not how craft works. It's not how art works. Keep going means you finish it, you like it, you're getting good notes, and it either goes off on its way, i.e. into the system somehow, either because that's contests or because you are represented and it goes off, and then you go again, right? Like, it is a constant, there's, for me, I have... Because maybe it's because I'm a producer, I, gives me energy. I like having another thing boiling that I can go dive into, and you know maybe it's period, maybe it's a different genre. Like there's excitement there. Maybe it's TV versus feature, maybe it's animation. But I get excited by, oh my God, these characters are knocking on the door. They're like, tell my story, right? So it's not like you know, be determined to finish, right. You have to be determined to keep going. Yeah, there's no finish. (laughs) Uh, And you should try to find the excitement in that for you because that means you get to keep writing. You get to keep bringing stories into the universe. And when one either dies or it moves off into the system, listen, I have projects sitting on the shelf that went through the system and they didn't go, right? Okay, a couple of them I still want to bring back, but I might, (laughs) but I'm still moving. I'm still moving on to the next. And those characters can also give you inspiration right? Because just if you're feeling really lost, sit down and just who shows up? Is it a male? Is it a female? Is it young? Is it old? Is it a creature? Is it a human? Who shows up and what do they want to say? And where are they? And just let it, let that part of you, that writer write and remember and, and, and feel like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And it doesn't have to be good. Who cares? There's no good. They just want to talk to you. Right? I just said that to, My writing partner was like, I think I just need to let him talk to me for a while. I just, I'm not hearing his voice. I'm just going to dump. And he's just going to talk to me. I think he's mad. I don't know what he's mad about, but I think he might be mad. And that's why he's so flat because I'm not letting him be mad, right? Mm -hmm. Like whatever that is, like it's a sacred process coming from a deeper part of your soul and brain. And that can really give you motive once that starts coming up, right? And don't put it, don't be like, oh, you'll never sell uh, I already wrote this character, but nobody liked it. All that judgment crap, right, is not good for hope. It's literally yeah the opposite of hope. yes. You're gonna you're
1: gonna pitch an idea, and someone's gonna say, "Oh, I saw that done in this movie, or I saw that done in that TV
0: show," and it has to be like, "Yes, but I'm gonna execute it in a different way."
1: Yeah, you know, and that it's not doesn't gonna be it's the same okay
0: because and that means okay, maybe it's not right for you, right? Maybe that's because this connection is not supposed to happen. Like you just need one yes, people. You just, you know, that you just need one person to connect and, and push that forward. And that ball goes forward and then you go to the other one, right? So it is, again, as long as you're being brave and really looking at where you need to learn your skills and maybe where your blind spots are, that's your work, right? That's your sacred work and to keep that door open. And then putting it out into the world, at some point, guys, we don't have control over that. Right, where it goes and where it lands. So um, I, again, for me, the inspiration always comes back to the characters themselves and and reconnecting to them and loving them. And um, they existed here for me, they existed, you know, and that might be all they're going to do, but that's okay.
2: That's okay. Yeah. I think that's great. I think like remembering how much you love the writing, like the getting it out in the audience part is a really exciting part of the job when things can get made, but we're in this because we love the writing. We love getting in there. We love being with our characters. And that's a huge part of the joy that comes with what we've chosen. So even if things don't necessarily make it to the steps or places you want it to, you still got to spend that amazing time with the characters writing. So I think that's helpful too. And it's just top of mind. So I'm going to mention it, but I've been um, doing a lot of research on this amazing Harvard psychologist named Dr. Susan David. Uh, We featured her on another show I produced called Better Together that it's definitely an episode worth checking out. But Her whole thing is talking about emotional agility. And she talks about how the negative emotions that rise up in us are actually very valuable and very important. And rather than like suppressing them, we should use them as data to point out the important values that we hold. So if you're feeling heartbroken over a lost project, that's okay. Allow yourself to feel heartbroken and let it point to the value that you hold, that you're a passionate, creative person who loves to share your work. That's a beautiful thing. So it's okay that you feel that way because it's pointing to a really important value that you hold. Um, So we can use our negative emotions as data. We don't have to use them as directives. She calls that emotional agility and it's a really powerful tool, I think, especially for creatives. And allowing yourself to say, I feel sad rather than I am sad because you're a beautiful full person with lots of emotions and right now you feel sad, but that doesn't mean you are sad because you are a person.
0: Yeah, I heard once that jealousy is just an indicator of what you're not giving yourself or what you want that you don't have yet. Mm -hmm. So it's just information coming in to you versus judge yourself, and I'm so horrible because I'm jealous. It's like, huh, that's interesting. I never thought I'd be jealous of that, right? Um,
2: Honestly, the inside out is that's kind of the thesis of that movie, right? The importance of the challenging emotions that we face.
0: Yeah, and there's a gift in all of them, um, most of them. So yeah, I I uh, I uh, I really come to the Facebook page, guys. Bring us your questions about quitting, or if you're if you're hitting a wall, we're here. We're gonna or the Gmail account um, gonna. We're a little bit behind answering those, but I'm gonna do that this weekend and and talk to you guys directly. So um, yeah. should we do the question of the week? Yes, let's do the question. Okay, this is a good one. <laughs> I love this one.
1: Um, let's see. I'll read it here. It says, "Hi Megan Lorian." Oh, this comes from Mitch Forrester. Um, I, I don't know where he's from. I'm sorry, but, uh, let's see. Hi, Megan Laurie. And my question is this 12 weeks seems to be the standard for delivering a draft to a studio. How do you break down this 12 weeks to give yourself the right amount of time for each part of the development and writing of the draft? A huge fan of both of you. And thank you again for the, you are not alone vibes you give out so amazingly much love Mitch. Well, thank
0: you. Um, uh, so 12, re- 12 weeks to write. Um, and I'm assuming I, that means you've already written an outline, right? Because the 12 right. weeks is actually to write the script, right? Yeah. Um, uh, my but, well, my yeah. process
1: involves a lot of chips and crying, as I've said before, and not being able to write and then, you know, wasting time and doing research and taking taking walks and ranting about how I can't do it. And then, you know, I write it in like the last week. <laughs>
0: not really, <laughs> you know, so but that's what like, it feels like. It feels like um, I might procrastinate for 10 and write it in two. Uh, of right. course we don't but uh, sometimes it feels that way I do find uh, yeah. I've heard that it's uh, certain kinds of brains will procrastinate before they jump off the board but um,
1: I have that brain I have to be pushed to a certain limit I always get it done but I have to be pushed to a certain limit I wish I had the kind of brain that could be like these two weeks for this and these two weeks for this and maybe I have- I'll get there one day I
0: always do schedule it that way. Of course. <laughs> and that my just calendar makes, is a beautiful thing. <laughs> that just creates stress that I'm not doing it. I mean, I was thinking about this because I knew we were going to do this question. And I think, you know, for me in general, and it's a very general thing, um, you know, I get myself the puke draft is like a week or two for the puke draft. Okay. I've got my outline. I've been. Any issue you go, I just puke it out. And if it goes off the outline, it goes off the outline. Maybe it needs to, right? Like you, you, you'll you, determine that yourself when you need to go out, out, off outline or when not. Again, if you're somebody who never finishes, do not go off outline. If you're somebody who that's not one of your problems, go ahead, let it go off. See what, uh, you might have to come back and go back to outline with what you learned. But I give about two weeks to the puke draft. I do try to take a couple of days away from it because you will not have any objectivity whatsoever yeah. to read it immediately. Um, and then I'll go in and analyze that puke draft and think about it and what I think works and what doesn't and maybe I'll get Depressed for a little bit because I'm like, oh my god, it doesn't work because of course it doesn't it's a puke draft Um, sometimes I then go back and outline again because of what I discovered in that puke draft um, uh, and then you know for me, when I'm reading and analyzing or writing, um, there's so many things to be thinking about, right? Like, if do you have a world and rules? I might just do a whole shift through the script thinking about the world and the rules. And do they make sense? And maybe I've given it to people literally just to find that out. Like, I'll give it to my husband. I just gave him our TV pilot because there's tons. It's world building. And I was like, do you understand this? And he was like, no. And I was like, shit. <laughs> Because everybody, the producer and everybody involved, we already know the world and rules. So they may not even be the best readers, right? Because they aren't brand new to it. And he was like, I don't get this. I don't get this. I don't get this. And I was like, okay, so this thing that we think it makes sense, it doesn't. So now I have to go back and do a draft just on the world and the rules. I think I also do a draft sometimes on relationships mm-hmm. to make sure that, especially for television, but for anything, that the relationships are tracking and evolving and sparking um, the main character's arc, just go look at that. Um, And then, um, you know, of course, theme, theme, theme. Why do I care? Why do I care? Is it emotional? To me, that's the most important thing of looking at this draft and going back over it and over and over it is the emotion. And am I being brave and am I digging it out? And do I even actually now know what it is because it kind of went off track or I've lost the articulation of it or I kind of bailed on this scene and didn't really do it. and there's so many balls in the air when you're writing the draft, right? To kind of keep going that you can kind of forget like, oh my God, I got so involved in the plot. I just, where's the right. freaking character in this script? So to me, it's not like I write a draft. I just go over and over and over it and again and again and again. And yeah. um, you know, the one thing that I sometimes don't have time to do because I'm doing all that work that I really have to start making more time to do is the dialogue pass and the dialogue pass. Yes, because it, so it's so snappy and, great dialogue but also from a character point of view my husband just told me that he did a script once where he took the three main characters and he he cut and pasted all the dialogue from each one into just their own document and just read it as a dialogue like is the dialogue is this a clear voice is it you know you know just is it great dialogue I thought that was such a great idea I think I'm going to do that as well um and then I was talking to my friend Jonathan on um who were writing this pilot together and he said dialogue to him is like fine french cooking it's about reduction and condensing it's about simmering and boiling you know boiling off things to get down into the concentrated you know wonderfully flavored um base right and that i thought that was such a good image because at the beginning when you're doing your puke draft First of all, everybody's going to be saying the subtext because you're just trying to get it out, right? And it's probably all going to be long, long, and there's going to be multiple. You're going to say the same thing like four different times, and you don't even realize it. But it's that reduction down, reduction down from both the scene but also the line, right? And I thought that oh, that was a really good way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a lot of things, right? And now you have to give it to get notes, and this is all in the twelve weeks. Right now, you got to get notes and go again and by notes maybe might be your producer it might Checking be your husband, right yeah. um so that's kind of my process in that 12 weeks
1: i once had a this isn't answering the question this is like how not to do it i once did a feature rewrite and they wanted act one to the midpoint in the first three weeks and then they wanted from the midpoint to the end in the last six weeks but i couldn't rewrite the beginning and i was like oh my god i can't like the whole thing just like kept falling apart and it was and I kept rewrite it was like that's how you don't do it no <laughs> don't do let that. them don't let someone say like let's do you know act one and then act two b and then move through it like that because as you write it it will it will change and evolve and like grow like all the steps you're talking about Meg and like you'll discover something like deep in the bottom of act two that you have to then thread back through so if someone's asking you to do that
0: I would suggest uh, coming back with a different scenario <laughs> uh, yeah, don't do that that is shooting yeah. yourself in the foot it's not yeah it's not it's not paint by numbers yeah. it's an organic living thing right and i understand that some producers or people you're working with they want control over it and it's like well welcome to artistry no yeah. like we i you need your chance to do your art and your art is the writing and it's all of it Right, and it will shift and change. And listen, if you're going to change something really big, you might want to call the producer or whoever and say, "Listen, this is what's happening. Talk it out, so that they're ready when they get the draft. yes, yeah." Okay. Exactly. Like be smart about it, uh, but uh, you have to trust yourself. And 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 the, and the horse you're betting on is yourself. And I know that can be scary, right? Because right. sometimes you're like, "Well, maybe if they read it, they'll help me." And if I'm going, if it completely sucks and I'm going off, like I can feel that need sometimes. It's like, no, 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 no. Because what you're really saying is let me help. I want. I
1: need to be successful to make this successful because that story that I told just now is how I got rewritten, right? They didn't like what, I mean, it's like, you know, a writer friend of mine called me and said, hey, I'm working on this movie. I'm like, hey, I wrote that movie. Now you're rewriting that movie. That's great. But like that, so it I wasn't successful. So, you know, you're fighting for... The ability for you to be successful for the movie to be successful in order to be able to do the process that meg you were just talking about all those passes all that thoughtful work as a piece
0: and it's so. really ultimately your vision you're an artist it's a vision and that vision may be out of focus in places and they won't get it if you're giving it in pieces and they'll give you notes based on something they don't get yet and that's fine. Maybe that's you don't get it. Do it yet either, but you need to respect yourself and your process lo- enough to say, I deserve and demand this demand. I, you, know, you have to decide what words you use, but for internally, tell yourself you deserve and demand this space to do your work and your craft. And don't, if just cause you're scared and think you might suck, is not enough reason to put, take those walls down necessarily. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, occasionally you will meet people the the rare unicorns who can be in that muck with you and don't freak out when they read pages, but it's super hard for other people not to freak out. I mean, you know, let's, let's give them the benefit of the doubt that they're just humans freaking out like it because they, they don't get it. Right. Um, so definitely don't, don't be giving it out piecemeal. I really don't recommend that. Yeah. Um, Neither do
1: I. <laughs> <laughs> do Lesson
0: enough. learned. I've learned so many important Hollywood lesson since I've been writing here, so. But it also speaks to, you as you're writing the draft and you're starting to freak out because it's not working and it's dying in the middle. Okay, in that case, I might be like, okay, it just died. All the momentum died in the middle. I have to go back to act one because the engine's off. But mm-hmm. sometimes you got to keep going, even if it's literally big chunks to get to act three to know what the engine is. Like, like am I writing towards something, Yep. right? And then earn that end? You know, so it is a back and forth process of, of discovery and curiosity. And it is not going to be what the outline is. I am sorry, but it it always evolves again. And that's what yeah. you want it to do. And you want to be the visionary. And just, I, I have found it's, I literally just said on the phone the other day, yeah, I completely see that you, that's what you wanted. I, I just, I'm not going to build able to write that. I'm, I'm not going to to do that. Like, that's great. But I, that's not because I could not, I didn't want to write a woman like that. You know, like, uh, again, that might be a movie, but I feel passionately about her in this way, so Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to write for you, right? And I understand if you're a younger writer, that's hard to do because you're trying to get on the board, and you're, I get that, but really, they're looking for a vision, and they're looking for a voice, and oh, we're going to put on the Facebook page an article from Vulture about a British writer, so amazing, and She literally talks about going up into the mountain and crying for three days while she writes her first draft. It's amazing. So I can relate. (laughs) And she talks about how she gave up a million dollars for her script because they would give her no copyright and she realized it was all just a scam and she said no and she is just owning her creativity, take it or leave it. And it's so hard to do. I'm not even saying I can do that, but we'll we'll post it for you. uh,
1: Michaela Cole. Michaela Cole. Oh her, yeah, yeah, brother,
0: right.
2: I think I haven't yeah. seen her new show on HBO. It's like stunningly well. She has a show called Chewing Gum. First of all, that you need to watch. Right. But her new show on HBO is called.
1: May I? I might. I may destroy you.
2: That's right. Thank you, Lorian. Yes, and it's like just like stunning. I think she's like with Beebe Waller Bridge and her and Issa Rae. There's just like all these incredible female. Yeah. It's just it's it's about just
0: being themselves and 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 yeah. owning. And listen, you got to own both sides of that, right? You got to own the vision, and you got to own the failure because it's all yours, right? Like, so I get it, it can be tricky, but um, I know we started talking about how do you do 12 weeks, but this is what we're <laughs> talking about. <laughs> this all comes up in the 12 weeks, people. It all will come up. Yes. Well, that's our show.
1: Yeah, and thanks you guys for, go,
0: yeah. yeah. Thanks for tuning in um, to the Screenwriting Life. We can't wait to be back with you guys soon. Uh, In the meantime, like we said, go to the Facebook, go to the YouTube feed. Please go to the Gmail and ask us your questions um, because we love hearing from you. Keep writing. Bye. Bye.
1: From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit
2: popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.